Welcome to another Blue Jay Beat Wrap-Up Show featuring WhiteAndBlueReview.com's Matt DeMoranis. Good evening, uh, Creighton fans. This is Matt DeMoranis from White and Blue Review, sitting here with Johnny Atala from the Omaha World Herald. Um, after another easy breezy, convincing home win for the Creighton Blue Jays, uh, 111-68, they beat the North Dakota Fighting, Fighting Hawks. Hawks. The effing Hawks. <laughs> Fighting Hawks. Effing Hawks. Um, yeah, probably a game, a score that's far more lopsided than it played out for most of the most of the night, I feel. But uh, nonetheless, one that I'm sure they're not going to be, you know, having too many questions offensively about going into Saturday's game with the in-state rival Nebraska. But... Um, I guess what's the uh, what do the meat and potatoes look like for you tonight out of this, you know, out of this I guess this route. I was a little surprised a little bit um, by the narrative projected by Coach McDermott and the players after the game. Yeah, like I think we both saw the same thing that that Creighton at times um, maybe wasn't as locked in defensively as it needed to be or or could have been. Okay. Um, but they scored 111, yeah, know. you know, and, and, and especially in the second half offensively, things flowed really well, and uh, they created good shots for, for each other, and the pace obviously had an impact in the second half of the second half, the final 10 minutes, but I just thought, on the whole, offensively, it was a great day, and, and so far this season when Creighton has played well offensively in some of these games at home, um, that's sort of just been the storyline, and that's kind of what we've talked about, but I I mean, Coach McDermott went out of his way to mention um, that he told the team, you know, if if you approach uh, on defense, if you have the same approach on defense that you do on offense, at least from an attitude standpoint, a a relentlessness, a focus, that attacking mentality, uh, then we could be pretty good. That's what he told the team, and and the players sort of reiterated that as well. So um, that's interesting because obviously Creighton has, I think, one of the things that just talking to a couple of the guys going into this game, one of the things they learned after playing Gonzaga and playing Baylor and facing Northwestern UCLA, although they won those games, is uh, they learned that they realized, hey, from a physical standpoint uh, or measurable standpoint, if you just look at the way that we're built as a team, we're ha- we have some deficiencies against some of these other squads. I think that's mm-hmm. what they – that was their takeaway. And so they wanted – be a team that does some of the little things yes they can push the tempo and push the pace and they'll overwhelm some opponents but other opponents they won't and other opponents athletically can match up with them so they hope that they can uh, do some of the other things which it you know at least tonight which one of the things that they mentioned was just their ability to lock in defensively so I'm not sure if they can I mean coach McDermott admitted yeah it's tough to uh, Play sort at that of pace, yeah. Try give right around. give it all, give it all, all your energy on one end of the floor offensively to really put the pressure on them, but then on defense, lock it in and dig in again. But uh, there will be times when they need to do it, and I think that they, w- you know, if they could go back and do it again on Tuesday against North Dakota, they would have liked to be a little bit more committed. So, it's just it, that I thought that was notable, um, notable for this team to sort of make that. Um, sort of buy into that concept. We'll mm-hmm. see if they can do it, if they can actually... To be as self-critical in a, in a game yeah, as yeah. lopsided as this one. Definitely. Yeah. 
and and so that's it's a good sign they're saying the right things now they actually have to do it mm-hmm. so um they have obviously nebraska on saturday as you mentioned and then uh, uh three more home games against non-conference teams to sort of ingrain that mentality because they're going to need it right from the get-go oh, yeah. in the big east but uh so yeah, it's just something to monitor, something to monitor. But other th- other than that, they looked really good. And I think to your point, you know, when you look at the you know the nuts and bolts of this whole thing, I mean, when you hold a team that's forty percent shooting from the field, twenty nine percent from three, they I mean they missed they were seven or twelve from the line, so it's not really any area where Creighton kind of got where you kind of can circle it and go that's a concern. I mean, they scored sixty eight points on eighty one possessions. That's another good number. Um, but I mean. So the, it was it was kind of a sparse crowd tonight. I mean, they said fifteen thousand. No way, half that at best. Um, so, for from our vantage point, you could kind of hear a little bit more of the details of the game that maybe get lost in a normal when there is fifteen thousand in the building. Um, and you know, something I noticed and I made a note of it. Uh, you know, kind of early in the second half when things were kind of just staying within that fifteen to twelve to fifteen range. North Dakota wasn't going away. It's like. Creighton wasn't saying anything on defense. Like I, I mean, then I started noticing. Like you know, you're watching their mouths. Maybe you're missing it. Like no, they were not talking. Right. So and you know, defense communication is like the backbone of it all. When you're not communicating all the switching and movement that's going on, you're getting lost eventually in that thirty seconds that they have the ball. So um, I think that was one of the things I noticed, and at least the players did too. And I noticed Mac mentioned to Toby a couple times, like the chatter has to be. You, know, you got to ramp that up. I right. know you guys are running and gunning, and you know you're tired when you get back to that other end of the floor. But the communication is, you know, if you just talk, it's going to help you. Just knowing that split second of, hey, switch, 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 hey, screen, screen, screen. Like they have the screen calls, you know, brown, black, all those things. Yeah. You know that stuff helps them, you know, just a little bit. Where they're, they're anticipate. almost making it harder for yeah. themselves helps by not an- even talking a little. Helps bit. you anticipate a little. I mean, if you're guarding the ball. And I'm standing behind you, maybe playing a post. I can see what's happening in front of me, so yeah. I, I'm. It's sort of my job to indicate to you, hey, watch the screen, mm-hmm. um, or I'm, I'm having over, each other's backs. And things right, like I'm that, in yeah. this gap, you know, so that you know where the help defense is. It's one of the aspects of playing defense, especially in the man-to-man. I, I mean, it's important in zone too, but it's something that you don't. I feel like we don't talk about enough. Right. And it's it's just hard. It is hard to document because it's not you can't see it in a box score. How right. well did this team communicate? How much did they talk? Um, but it's so critical and so vital to what teams do defensively. And I think that you can gain and build some energy from it. You yeah. know, if everyone's talking and everyone is sort of shouting out their assignments, um, I think that at times it can cultivate. Uh, this sort of like a, fire, a little like bit of an ball edge. movement is the thing that gets everybody going on offense. That everybody talking and you know yeah. reacting and things like that is maybe what doesn't on the defense. I mean, end. think about it. If you're shouting, yeah, it, it already sort of has that that uh, that ability to sort of raise your intensity level. If I'm but if yelling, like, if you yell at me, that shoots my energy up yeah, a little bit. Exactly. Like, okay, I got to be because then you know, you're like, wait, you're ignited get, almost, right. right? Yeah, yeah, good point. So you know, I think I just think remember that that moment in practice uh last week when they were preparing for Gonzaga and they they weren't talking enough and Max Mac told one of the managers to turn the music up yeah he said crank it up first time it's ever happened I mean he was like they 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 turned 
some I don't even know what song it was, I don't but even, I'm way too it was bumping. Too it was bumping, and Mac yeah. is still like his. He's got that thumb, and he's like pointing to the ceiling, like raise it up even more, and uh, and he started getting after his guys to 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 talk more. Yeah, and they did, and you could just feel the energy in the the practice mm-hmm. on the practice court rise to another level, and I think um, if you're able to do that and replicate that in a game, man, what kind of impact it could have had, and what kind of impact it could have had. On a night like tonight, when, like you said, the energy in the building from just the atmosphere of the fans, it wasn't high. And right. I'm not being critical of the fans because, like, it's North Dakota. I yeah, totally I mean, understand it's, it. Yeah, but, it's not like a shot. It's just what but it, the, that's but, the environment they were in. So the players, so in order to yeah. create the energy, they had to do it themselves because right. it wasn't going to come from, you know, the outside forces saying, "All right, let's go, let's pick yeah. it up." You know, during a small. Like the energy is going to be electric on Saturday. Yeah, they won't have a problem right. with that on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but in so, a game like this, yeah, yeah, you needed it. So. I, I think um, yeah, we'll see. It's just something to monitor with this team because obviously uh, there are some flaws and there are some deficiencies, but mm-hmm. there are things that they can do uh, to maybe maximize some of their strengths. And if they can, then they're going to light the results when they get into Big East play and, and get into the sort of the meat and the heart of their schedule in the end of January and early February. We'll get into the individual parts of it here in a little bit. Um, but first thing I wanted to kind of go over, I guess, what did you see – you know, they come out of timeout at 75-61, and you're kind of like, all right, it doesn't feel like this game's potentially going to slip away, but it's like if if North Dakota's the next team that makes a run here, a six- to eight-point, you know, punch into that lead, all of a sudden Creighton's sitting in a crowd that's not engaged with a lead that's dwindling against a team that has, you know, three or four options that feel pretty good about themselves offensively that, you know, it could have got danger time. Um but they come out of that and I think, you know, hit an 8-0 run in about 50 seconds or so. Like, yeah. it came quick. Um, and then it just got out of hand. I think it was 36-7 with the final 10 minutes and change maybe. That's significant. Not only was not only were they getting stops, finishing up possessions with rebounds, but they were also breaking off. I mean, 36 right. points in 10 minutes is obscene. Yes. So, Especially when it's 36-7. to seven. Yes. That's, that's, that's a that's – a, Damaging run um, <laughs> to end the game. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what did you see out of that stretch? Maybe it kind of came in a flurry, and obviously it involved some bench parts um, well, at the end. But yeah, that was right. that was that was the that was the nail in the coffin. Well, I, and the thing is, is I don't know. North Dakota sort of made a mini push. I think there was is like seven straight possessions in the in, right before that stretch um, where it scored on six of them, and I think it hit all six of the shots, and two of them were threes, and it's not a good three point shooting team. So right. I'm like, I don't think it can sustain this. And then you sort of look at the score, and it was, and they they had scored on six or seven possessions and only cut the lead from 21 points to 14. I'm thinking it's going to take a, a major collapse from Creighton mm-hmm. to, to for the game to get closer than that, and and then they flexed their muscles and got running again. But I will I will note they had my lineup in. It's my it's my favorite lineup, and okay. I love the lineup. Say it, Balak, Kyrie, Marcus Hegner, or actually it was Crumple. Yep, Crumple and Hegner. Interchangeable, interchangeable for me. Yep. Uh, and Ronnie Harrell. Yeah. 7-0 spurt in like, a, in like an know, instant. That's John, John's favorite lineup since day one. <laughs> yes. I think you saw it maybe for a couple minutes on accident in one of these games. Yeah, you're like, right. You know what? I got, Let's see more of that. Like, right. I got it very, might have even been in practice where he's my like, eyes, you know My yeah. eyes sort of got yeah. big. I sat up in my chair. <laughs> um, in the, yeah, I was like either in practice, a scrimmage, or like a bl- some sort of blowout. And all of a sudden I was like, oh. I 
like that. He's like, oh, look at all those pieces. Yes. All those, all those potential ball handlers. And, um, right. Yeah. I'm not sure how feasible it is in the long term, but for a short term short Well, especially term for what they're going to have to event. Like, yeah, when, when you're facing. Those, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. uh, um, if people don't know, Villanova blitz Gonzaga tonight. So, like, yeah, and I said, I said Gonzaga was probably going to be the best team. That, no, it's still Villanova. Yeah. Let's, Let's just correct yeah. the record on that right. one. Matt was wrong again. And just looking ahead to Nebraska, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. um, as part of that kind of that sort of idea of a team. Well, you're going to say Nebraska is better than Gonzaga. I think you're. No, no, no. I won't okay. go that far. Right. I, was, but I didn't I know do, where you were pushing on that one. Nebraska's athleticism could give Creighton some problems. I'll be interested to see if the Huskers really do try to heat heat up Creighton a little bit okay. and um, maybe try to force some turnovers and get in their grill and, and make them a little bit uncomfortable. I think that's the best path to victory for Nebraska. I mean, that could speed the game up a little bit. There's danger that's there. That's the dangerous part. But I'm not, talking like, about, I'm not talking about um, pressing aggressively to trap. But I, but maybe you extend the, the defense beyond the three-point line and try to uh, maybe take some chances when you can. I don't know. But I do think that this team has shown um, – over the course of the last calendar year, that if you are, I think this is what Gonzaga did at the end of the, the end of the half in the, in the second half of that game is I think they just ratcheted up their intensity defensively. Um, they started switching screens, so I think that allowed them to uh, um, kind of play more square up with ball handlers mm-hmm. and not and not chase as much or be out of position or have to recover as much, and uh, and they were allowed and they were able to extend their defense so. Um, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit in we terms are. of uh, <laughs> matchups, it's but, okay. it's but okay. it was just something it's, it's that, something that we should talk. I mean, it's, it's it's something we should talk about because it sure. obviously is the, you know, the, it's the one. It, the narrative on it has of, on the game has obviously switched the last few years. Creighton won six in a row in the series, and I mean, since I've been going to Creighton games back in the early '90s, it's kind of like it's really been out of hand. Yeah. Creighton's even up the series now, so it's twenty-five all. So Saturday, kind of has a chance for maybe Creighton to go ahead in the series or Nebraska to regain control of the series type of deal. Um, obviously, we know Miles' record against McDermott is still goose egg, so you know, there's all those he kinds wants of it. things. Yeah, he you, know, he, you know he's going to want it bad. But, right. um, you know, just one of those things where it's just like, I just don't, still don't like – on most nights I just don't like Nebraska's makeup because they just don't – offensively, they just don't – have much organization or a plan for what they want to do. Like, Glenn Watson was amazing tonight against Minnesota, but is he going to be amazing against Creighton? Like, right. Or does James Palmer have to do something, be the scorer that everybody thought he was coming in? Because he's going to be the matchup issue. Because if, let's just say, Kyrie starts on Watson because he's the guy who had the hot night against Minnesota, Palmer is being checked by... You know he's never right. he's never advantage somewhere, yeah. right? So I think yeah, that, I think the the key for Nebraska will be whoever is not on Kyrie. Yes, can that because let's just be honest about something here, and it's like I know I can get out of hand with Kyrie and John. I'm supposed to like you know have my leash. And I used back to try in, to like, rein you in. You do at you, this you point. I'm just like honest you. about I'm, it. I'm, like, I'm honestly going to just let you go. It's just a fact. Like Kyrie has an assignment. We know it. We watch the practices. We know who he's guarding. We we see the scout team. We got the jersey number down. We're like, all right, Kyrie is – tonight it was Geno Craner from North Dakota. So tonight Geno Craner from North Dakota was Kyrie Thomas's assignment. He came in averaging 19 points a game, shooting over 50% from the field, okay? Tonight he had three points. He 
He was one of five from the field, and he had six turnovers. <laughs> okay? Like, Josh Perkins, same story at Gonzaga. Shooting over 50% from the field. He's like a tough shot maker. So even when you guard him good, he still can hit shots. Yeah. That dude was literally on ESPN in front of ESPN cameras looking like he was about to transfer to a D2, like, where he could get buckets. Like, I don't know about that, but he was definitely clearly... Right. See, this is where you have to move me back. Here, yeah. Right? He, the point is... He, he clearly had no idea how to, how to maneuver yeah. against Kyrie. The There's point no is, when Kyrie guards you, you are not that's, not... that's not your night. You need help from others. Like, that's... The game plan going in is, like, whoever... It's a, it's, once the game it's starts, man. see who Kyrie checks... Everybody else needs to be like, and all right, look, the thing that is, is not good The thing news. is, is he, and we'll see now that uh, as we get closer to Big East play and he starts matching up against some like, really dynamic scorers. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, some of the guys he's faced are he's pretty just, skilled. He's already blue. That's, Martin, that's why like, all those guys, the he, guys yeah, are like, already right, in he's there. He's done that yeah. last year, but I feel like he's even at another level. So yes. that's why I'm eager to sort of compare what he did last year during Big East play to what he can do or potentially will do this year just to see how much growth he's made because it appears at least at this point defensively he's taken even another step mm-hmm. because um the way he's blanketed i think the only guy seriously we were talking about it earlier i think the only guy who's uh been productive against him has been aaron holiday yep from ucla i think yep. and i think he got is that the game he got in the foul trouble he was in foul trouble yeah for Early for early. questionable calls right like body that like ones that they just weren't fouls, but I mean yeah, you're gonna I, have those I, nights I, right. where you get those. You know, it happened last year in Jersey against Eaton Hall. Uh, um, maybe McIntosh got a couple shots on him, um, but yeah, McIntosh was a tough shot maker. He had a couple tough ones against Kyrie. For it's sure. it's been incredible, um, the night to night performance that that he's performances that he's delivered so far in the defensive end, and obviously. He's getting a lot of more, a lot more notoriety for it. I feel like uh, well, I mean, he's he just on showed it. up on a draft list. Just today. showed up on a draft first round draft list, not just like a potential, right. like you know, first rounder Brad Stevens. Um, that's uh, be, wow. Avery Bradley feels like a good fit. The honestly. next Avery Bradley, yeah. maybe. I mean, that's <laughs> okay. They just traded him away. We'll rein you back in. Rein you sorry, back sorry. in. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so um, <laughs> I feel like that was pretty mellow. Avery Bradley, like really, got rated on Avery Bradley. Dang, <laughs> they they. Uh, but but he is getting like he, when you hear more national guys talk about defenders they'd like to watch, his name's coming up more and more. Um, it's obviously um, he's he's obviously one of the guys that NBA scouts are looking at um, when they come to. Yeah, games. You're gonna be sitting by yourself a little bit pretty soon here if more NBA scouts more, come to. Right. I'm gonna have to go upstairs. They're gonna kick you out of your seat. Yeah, and you're gonna. Yeah, they won't move you, but like you'll be center court. But like, yeah, you'll have like John Paxson to talk to. If John Paxson <laughs> shows up, by the way, I'm gonna have some things you need to tell him for me. <laughs> right. So that's I'm just warning you right now. If like he's anywhere in your area, I'm gonna be sending you messages <laughs> like because I got some words for that guy. Um. Anyway, but yeah, but like, let's just I guess highlight some individuals tonight other than Kyrie because uh, we could do that every night if we wanted to. Um, Marcus Foster had his threshold. Of oh, hey! Points. By the like, the other thing that I thought was noteworthy too is Kyrie only played twenty three minutes. I think oh, okay. Creighton is going to search for ways to lessen the workload in situations like tonight. That's a good note. Um, because obviously he's playing like thirty five minutes a game when it truly matters. Yeah. Because so, when they're getting games where he's going to need to be like, he, uh, and it's and it's a really draining thirty five because he's obviously working really hard defensively and they need him to. To, uh, I mean, for an example, it showed up in Kansas City. You know, yeah. he had a really. I mean, I think he was in foul trouble against UCLA, but defensively, what he had to do against the comp against Baylor, right? Obviously, affected his offense because he didn't have the legs to shoot very well. Yeah, so. two for ten from three, I think, in that game. Right. Anyway, Marcus. I mean, twenty three points. 
10 It was, it was 10 kind 18. of like a slow start. I, think he, I don't think he touched the ball but one time in the first maybe seven possessions, eight possessions, and it was a turnover. Yeah. So, okay. like, he wasn't really a part of, like, the whole structure at the first. But I think it went, it went in 11-11, like, with 15 minutes left. And he first, hadn't done I mean, much. Yeah, he hadn't maybe even touched the ball. But, um, you know, he got going a little bit. It helped them create some separation. But, um, like, for me, I thought – Martin Crample and Toby Hegner were the guys that were providing energy on both ends of the floor from the start. Um, which is interesting to see because obviously Toby is still kind of working his way back. I think he had a moment where he um, he got a block charge call and uh, that didn't go his way. I think Davion Mintz missed a, missed a switch and let a straight line drive to Toby and kind of hurt the ankle a little bit there. But, I mean, he played the rest of the game on it, so it didn't seem like it was hindering him much. The shot went in. You know, he was shooting the ball well. He was rebounding well. Um, I think that was good to see. And Martin, obviously, career-high 14 rebounds. Both right. those guys brought a lot of energy on both ends, I thought. Martin was active in passing lanes, um, yeah, switching ball screens and things like yeah. that. Like, he can, and, 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 I mean, to your point about sort of the energy – he was the guy that you could yeah. hear on the opposite end of the court yelling switch. He was switch, talking the whole time. Yeah. Yelling switch and, and uh, communicating. I mean, Martin continues to – I think he had an extraordinary first half against Gonzaga. Yeah, because I, so I didn't see the first half right. against Gonzaga yet. So you, if you want to break right. that down, you can go ahead. Like <laughs> well, he was just really active on the defensive okay. end and, and – um, held his ground defensively, maintained good position, did not foul, made it tough, I think, I'm guessing, um, applied some of the concepts that they talked about in the scouting report, tendency reports on Jonathan Williams. Even though Jonathan Williams scored a couple buckets on him, mm-hmm. I thought for the most part Martin did a good job. Um, and then on the other end, he slipped a lot of screens and, and got some buckets. Gonzaga took that away in the second half, and I feel like Martin maybe took a – few too many chances defensively maybe as the game sort of tilted back toward Gonzaga's favor okay. um, but that first half was it's it's something if you can just if you can cut it out and replicate it um, on a more consistent basis for well tonight he played 27 minutes um, if that's his if that's the amount of time that they need him to play for 27 minutes if he can deliver that kind of effort that kind of focus Creighton's going to be really good. I think he's been the key, honestly. I think he's – if i got to pick an X factor, I think we knew what we were going to get from Marcus Foster and Kyrie Thomas. He's right. been the X factor so far for Creighton. So, so let's just – let me see if I can uh, bring up a comparison real quick here because obviously we know who he's replacing in Justin Patton. So um, Justin Patton last year – uh, 12.9 points, 6.2 rebounds, 67% from the floor, averaged just under a block and a half and just under a steal per game um, with 1.7 turnovers and 1.2 assists. So Martin right now, and I know small sample size and everything like that, I understand that, but he's also faced Northwestern, UCLA, Baylor, Gonzaga. Like, there's been some competition in there. Yeah. Um, so he's at 12.9 points per game, 7.8 rebounds, uh, only – 1.4 turnovers, more assists, 1.6, steals one, blocks just under one. So And shooting. Yeah, shooting percentage. 67%. So he's shooting around the same percentage. Uh, points around the same, rebounds are up, assists are up, turnovers are down, steals are up, blocks are a little bit down by, by about a half. So he doesn't have like so, the flashy. No. Every now and then, Justin Patton would do something tremendous, whether it was just 
throwing down a lob or making a move in the post that you were just like, wow, that dude is an X-level player. Martin doesn't have that yet. I think he does have the ability to sort of grow into his skill set. There's, there's so much potential with him. Mm-hmm. But from a statistical standpoint, I think he's replicating some of the things that Justin Patton did. Yeah. Um, now, there's things that he's definitely not as good at Justin. Like, he's not as good a passer as Justin is. Um, and obviously the lob, the pick-and-roll lob play isn't, the same as it was with Justin. May, also, part of that is because Maurice isn't around anymore either, and he was a master at that at stuff. Throwing so, it, yes. throwing it up, yeah. So that's part of it. But ju- but I think Martin brings a lot of energy in transition. He can rim run, put pressure on the rim like Justin did. And one area where he's definitely better is on the perimeter in, in those one in those one four ball screens, those high low ball screens. Well, they can switch. He can they get can... down low in a stance, switch onto one of those Switching, guards, yeah. and still. With his long uh, wingspan, he can still be disruptive. I like think, that, yeah, so. I think the, his ability to switch and his just ability to uh, to hedge. If they want to hedge those ball screens pretty hard yep. and force the not allow the the guard to turn the corner, um, I think he was really good against Baylor doing that, and he's been good at times uh, since doing that as well. So, yeah, he's been he's been certainly exceeded expectation. He can be a little bit more consistent. There's yeah. there's no doubt about that, but. Uh, um, in the games that he's been, when he's been on, I mean, it's. I mean, I think really, he's, he's got to really be a surprise out. right now, like you Definitely, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody. I think people expect him to have a bigger role, but to be essentially replicating what Justin Patton did statistically, you know, when you look at those two, obviously there's things on film that separate the two, but when you look at his production, it's the same. Yeah. So I mean, that's got it. That's that that's is, the one thing where it's like that. So far through this point of the season, you probably have little to complain about. Yep, with Martin. Um, you know, kind of had like quiet of a day, but like pretty efficient. Your boy, Ronnie Harrell Jr. <laughs> he did seven, six, seven and five, points, six boards, five assists, no turnovers, yeah. and a steal in twenty-one minutes. I did not know that, that was that effective. It didn't feel like it. Yeah, he had wow. a good day. Mitch Ballack with six assists. Tied Man, Mitch, Mitch I, I love Tyler, but I'll tell him next time I see him like that turnover is on Tyler. Yeah. Like that's that was a beautiful pass. Like that's a bucket, you know what I mean? But he wasn't looking. Like it's it's almost like he throws those passes and you're not expecting that to be I, and it was a funny, pass he can complete. So this you know? is like toward the end of the second half, right? Yeah. On on the fast break. Maybe it's like a secondary break where uh It was during Mitch, the big run. It was like yeah, one of the Mitch had the ball and, and and uh Tyler was on the wing and, and Mitch was kinda of coming toward him, so Tyler was cutting through. Um, to the other side of the court, but he didn't. Re- he had his man beat, but he didn't realize. It. He didn't turn his head, and yeah. Mitch delivers a bounce pass that literally skipped right in front of Tyler, <laughs> who had no idea it was coming, yeah. and it goes out of bounds for a turnover. If he if he look if he turns his head, he catches it and gets a layup, and there's a seventh assist for Mitch. But it was funny after that play because Tyler's laughing and Mac is laughing yep. because they're both like, "That's that was a really good play." Yeah, it was. It Should have been a bucket. Yep. <laughs> Fifth year senior, a rare moment where a fifth year senior screws up a play that a true freshman gets out. Yeah. Um, you know something that you were on in the press conference, and I don't know if we want to like go into it too much or not because you look at twenty two assists. I mean, out of forty one buckets, that's not that much sharing, but like twenty two assists, eight turnovers is pretty good. Uh, they were really good. I just in the don't. I, I didn't they, think they, they were sharing the, the ball that much in the first half. I yeah, thought it was a lot of right. like you know, kind of just all right. I can take this. I guy thought they now. did like, early, but as the game, I think. 
my perception on it is, and I'd have to because you asked about the press conference, so yeah. I'm wondering if you're if you were noting it. Or, I, I okay. agree with that with what you said. My perception in, uh, of it was that they realized they could win one on one matchups, mm-hmm. and so if I can win a one on one, why just go to the rim? Right. And I think that as the game, or at least in the first half, wore on, they started realizing they had the athletic advantage, and I think maybe they just maybe tried to do a little bit too much there, but. In the second half, I can't remember what was the number. I just wrote it. Um, um, well, it was thirteen nine to five in the first half, so thirteen to three in the second. Half. Yeah, yeah. So, but thirteen assists on something like uh, uh, twenty two field goal. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, they yeah, got they were, away. They I thought they got away from they it. They were a bust on the second half offensively. Yeah. Like. Three and only three turnovers. I thought they. I thought they just got away from it a little bit against Gonzaga. And to be fair, Coach McDermott had a similar criticism, although he did. He kind of walked back from it a little bit tonight when we asked him about it. Um, I think maybe as he watched the film, he thought that there were some openings there that Creighton could have taken advantage of. And they want, and, and again, if aggression is the name of the game, right? Passing isn't always part of that. When especially when you have guys like Marcus and Kyrie, who can, who, when they see the yeah. opening, they're going to take if it. If they've got a seam right? to the rim, you like want we asked him, I think, right. earlier in the season. He's like, "I'm taking the layup if I get it." Yeah. you know. And but if it's, I don't have to be stopped from doing that too. And with Gonzaga's length, it recovers right. quickly, so you're kind of like fooled into right. thinking you have it when you But don't. I will say there are times when Creighton can do a better job when it gets the ball in the paint, looking to draw a foul or anticipating that the defense is going right. to rotate and take away sort of your first initial. There was a play when uh, Mitch Ballack drove to the rim, went up for a dunk, got fouled. Mm-hmm. And I looked over at Coach McDermott. I could read his lips. He said, "Jump stop." Yeah. Like in that moment, if you jump stop, you're likely to get the defender up off his feet, and maybe you can get an and one there mm-hmm. instead of like kind of flying in, trying to dunk, and and the, and the player's coming to meet you. It's going to be tough for you, for you to finish that. Um, so, I think there might be some instances where, from a just technical standpoint, jump stop, pump fake. Um, embracing the contact or expecting it a little bit more. Um, perhaps those are areas where Creighton can grow a little bit and be more efficient down by the rim. But so far this year, they've been pretty good. And uh, and obviously, they, they want to do more of it. And they're, the coaches aren't going mean, to tell them. They're not yeah, going to tell them, right. don't attack. I mean, why would you? Yeah. But there, there are air, there are there are moments when it's crazy. I think we're sitting here. They scored 111. Yeah, we're and then talking we're talking about, about like, their decision making. That's just popped in my head. Like think about but that. Like the, again, the, though, it is like it's all about what it goes. What going? Right, like, right. We're not talking about North Dakota. Like yeah, that's not what they. They didn't up. need more of that tonight to beat North Dakota. But you know how much of those habits yeah. going forward will be just instinctual at a certain point versus we'll have to learn these lessons over and over again. Does it take a convincing loss to teach him that sort of thing? Um, yeah, because that's the thing about this stretch here is Creighton's going to be favored in all these games, and yep. it is the better team than the, than the next four teams it's going to play. But, I mean, we saw it tonight. Ball State beats North, uh, Notre Dame. Uh, Wichita State was down by eight and a half to South Dakota State. Um, Michigan was tied. Michigan State, I'm sorry, was tied with Rutgers at halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else was Minnesota later today? Well, Minnesota lost to Nebraska. Obviously, I think there were there were a couple other games where you were just sort of baffled a little bit when you saw the scores. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take much. I no. mean, the gap. Creighton's not. Creighton's pretty talented. It's a top twenty-five team talent, NCAA tournament team talented. But 
it's not so far and away better than some of the teams that it's going to play to where it can just assume it's going to walk in and get a W. So um, that's why it's got to start establishing some of these habits now Mm -hmm. and playing or approaching these games with the same sort of intensity, sense of urgency, level of focus that it did when it went into its game at Northwestern or at Gonzaga. So I'm sure they'll be hooked up and ready to go, geared up, ready to play against Nebraska. But Yeah, we um, you just want to wrap yeah, we up can, our night just talking about what that <laughs> should be like. What so, you, for one thing, this is your first. It's my first Nebraska, Nebraska game here? At, at the Century. Okay, okay. So I went last year <coughs> to Lincoln, right. and I went three years ago to Lincoln. Um, Before they built Pinnacle Bank? No, that or, was at Pinnacle Bank. Okay. That was a um, – I think Austin Chapman had a step back. Yes, jumper at the elbow to kind of seal it, mm-hmm. but Creighton pretty much controlled the majority of that game, um, which surprised a lot of Nebraska fans because yeah, that was the uh, like it was their year that was supposed yeah. to be their year. Um, how do you see this iteration going? I guess I'm just I'm pumped to see. I, I think rivalries are what make college sports great. So especially basketball inside an arena. Yes, there's just like you feel the energy when. It's surrounding you, and I and I, I I'm and can't wait to see some red peppered throughout the Century Link. And I think that when Nebraska is able to do something positive, you know um, that they're yeah, yeah. You'll hear them, and then the Creighton fans will get riled up. So I go back to a bad memory, like for from a Creighton fan perspective, they played an NIT game at what was then Quest Center, now Century Link. Um, I think Jake Muleheisen hit a go-ahead shot, like, to put him up one and then block Nate Funk um, at the end. But, like, there were go big red chance, like, it was, like, in Lincoln. Like, yeah. Like, drowning out anything, and then it was not a good experience for the Blue Jay faithful. But, like, the, yeah, but when, the, when, cool, the, when the fan bases come there, How it's awesome like, is that? it feels yeah. like it's split, you know? But right. it's... Uh, that's what makes the... Uh, um, that's, what I'm, that's, what, that's why we enjoy college sports so much, mm-hmm. is just to have that... I mean, the fans make it. That's the fans always make the rivalry, and obviously, um, these two fan bases, although they are sort of um, intertwined a little bit, yeah, there's also sure. that. I mean, even nature. their former players, or <laughs> as, we saw, as we saw tonight, Tommy Fraser turning his red for a, a blue pullover tonight. for one night. We think now, like to me, the whole thing is made even funnier by the fact, like, I, listen, like. I hate to break it to Nebraska fans, but, like, when Creighton played Kentucky in the NIT and everybody and their mother was at that game, like, Eric Crouch was in my section, like, decked out in blue, like, chanting Blue Jays, like, all that stuff. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, Creighton players will go to Lincoln on Saturday and, like, root for the Huskers, like, baseball players do all the time. And then same thing with the football team. They'll come, like, Chris Weber, like, follows Creighton updates, like, likes Creighton updates on my Twitter account, like, it just it, there's a mix there, and they don't really care that much about it. Like the fans definitely are more like that's un, <laughs> don't tabby. don't cross that line. Well, but like, certain, they'll do it. A certain section of the fan base does because sure. there are other obviously Nebraska. The Jayhawkers are obviously like more comfortable right. in their own skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they had a big win tonight. The Jayhawkers did. With <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Frazier there. Well, not only that, but then Nebraska won and Creighton yeah. won. I mean, that's what? the part of it. Like yeah. Tommy Frazier went to a Creighton bye game when Nebraska was hosting a ranked team in Lincoln. <laughs> Like, that's what he chose. It's, a, it's like, not a long drive to no, go No, I down. understand that. But, like, <laughs> when you're talking about your options and your allegiances, like, 
that's probably what makes it sting a little worse. Yeah. Probably if you're, I don't know. That's a, what a, what a great way to kick off. Uh, I sent I sent a text message to some Husker buddies, and they're like, he's a bum. Oh no! Like, so yeah, so they're, they're turning gun. Yeah, they forgot all about the, the Florida run already. They're like, I he's dead to me. Right. Like, <laughs> it's like forget the national championship. Yeah, forget it. Like I'll, I'll turn the trophies in. Like how wow. dare you? How dare you? Wow. Um. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's that's all, the one thing. It's that a does, perfect way to kick off. This by the week, way, that's though. the one thing that does kind of make this uh, this game a little bit unique. And I still I still haven't fully um, grasped how to describe it to other people or how to really just conceptualize it even in my own mind the fact that you do have fans of both teams that Mm -hmm. are gonna enjoy this game and consume it and pick a side on saturday and then the next week root for both Mm -hmm. like that in a typical setting you don't see that so because you're gonna um, go on severe i'm sure he's he's gonna be fired up michael severe is He's, he's uh, every he, radio he has show. he has a line he draws like he's not gonna let you is he hmm. he's not gonna let you cross like over into like yeah I hope they both play well like he's no he's gonna make like <laughs> he's, he's, he's got huh? decisions but it's funny so I grew up in Indiana man and yeah that's it's Purdue Indiana twice a year and and there's no so like you, is there like what, what is that like Notre Dame football who's your basketball like yeah there's a little bit of that all right so but yeah I mean but you don't root for you pick a team in the Purdue Indiana. You don't mess with series. the schools. You don't, yeah. The colors don't run, type of deal. Right. You you just yeah. you just choose, and that's the case for a lot of the rivalries. But mm-hmm. this one's a little bit different. So uh, maybe it'll change a little bit now that the Creighton's moved up a level to the Big East. Maybe uh, maybe that'll shift it. But like there will be less in the middle. That's what that's that's All my right. thought. Okay. Um, but then again, when you come and watch Creighton play, and you live in Omaha. It's kind of, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, well, it's funny. Cause I have, like I have like... buddies. I have buddies who um, I grew up with in Indiana that have moved and lived in other places, other parts of the country, and have found themselves getting sort of wrapped into the fabric of their local sports teams, mm-hmm. regardless of what allegiances or whatever allegiances they had in the past. I mean, you start your life in a certain area or restart it, and. You get invested in different things, and and mm-hmm. you find yourself. I mean, if I if I'm moving to Chicago and I go to a bunch of White Sox games, then maybe I'll become a White Sox right. fan because that's what I'm Just, doing. It's part of my sort you. of routine. Yeah. Um, if you live in Omaha, even though you may have gone to Lincoln, uh, gone to school in Lincoln, or grown up in Lincoln, or you still root for Nebraska on Saturdays in January and February. One of the things to do is come to Creighton games and watch the Blue Jays play, and they play an exciting brand of basketball, and they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. So um, I can see why people have latched onto it. So what you're saying, basically, you're saying if, if Creighton, if a Creighton, if a Creighton Nebraska fan shows up in one of those the, split the sweat t-shirts, t-shirts, like John Nieto is not going to judge you. <laughs> He's just going to be like, all right, this person is going to just that, enjoy a basketball game. Today. I think you're going to have to pick. I think you got to pick at least for, pick. at least yeah, for Saturday. Sure. You gotta pick head to head. You gotta pick. Yep. You can wear that. Uh, you know, you can you can show up to create. I think I think moms, moms and sisters are the only ones that can get away with the uh, yeah with the split jersey. Right. Well, who's that little kid that wore it to Nebraska, <laughs> Illinois? Yeah. Was, that poor little guy. Yeah. That, that. I don't know how that happened, but yeah. So I mean, it, it, it the thing the funny thing though is like it all comes down to Saturday for different reasons like. For so many years, Nebraska had the mantra of 
because Creighton was in the Missouri Valley Conference and Nebraska was in the Big 12, that in Nebraska's, you know, grand scheme of things, Creighton wasn't that important of a game. It was just another game. Right. So to Creighton, especially Dane Altman, especially Darren DeVries, who we're going to see ratcheted up here this week in practice, um, it means a lot more to them because they have been chasing, like, the stage, if you will, that Nebraska was on just by association, even though they weren't, you know, all that great of a basketball program, they were still in the Big 12. Now with Creighton in the Big East, and like you said, Nebraska in the Big 10, where they're both in power leagues, um, the playing field is level as far as the, you know, the level they're on as far yeah, as who the they get to compete with on yeah. days. Like, so, like, they're both, they both can take it seriously, and it seems like they do. Like, Miles doesn't like the fact, hates the fact that he hasn't beaten Greg McDermott head-to-head. You can see it when he's on the sidelines. I mean, I think he's gotten a technical foul in a Creighton-Nebraska game three years running now. I mean, he wants to beat, win that game more than past Nebraska coaches seem like they took that thing seriously, you know what I mean? So um, that's the best part of what's going to happen on Saturday is there's always been kind of that question, like, is it a rivalry? Do both sides care? Like, yeah, both sides. Like, Creighton definitely definitely cared more for a little bit for all those years. And then I think Nebraska's starting to get sick of this blue state nonsense. So, like, they definitely care going into this. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, Glenn Watts was recruited by both schools. Like, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Um, You know, and Kyrie Thomas is from Omaha. He wasn't recruited by Nebraska. Like, he'll have – I mean, Kyrie Thomas always has a chip on his shoulder, but uh, more (laughs) of a chip on his shoulder, but – Anyway, um, like it's it's gonna be a fun atmosphere to Definitely be around. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah, and, and it's gonna be whether I'm sitting up there and you're surrounded by pro scouts or Lincoln Media or right. Yeah, like you have to hold it down for like the Blue Jay coverage. I'll see you. Own, yeah, I'll like, see you eventually. I'll be up there. I'll be up up top. Yeah, overseeing. Maybe from, from there's still a chance I'm down above. there, but okay. like. I always tell Rob, just put me wherever you. By the way, need to make room for people. That stat by Rob Anderson is. Unbelievable. Which one? Nebraska hasn't led. Nebraska has not led in this building in six years. Yeah. Whoa. Like I don't even. (laughs) Obviously, it alternates, but like, still, when you think about that, that's pretty significant. Yeah. Because the games have gotten out of hand. I mean, because just two to nothing. Yeah. No. Just the first bucket. Not like an accidental look out to the line and three to two. Like nothing. Yeah. They've just been. They've been. They've been jumped in the back alley like the last few. Right. So, so I, the start for Nebraska is going to be interesting. Yes. Because they've dug huge holes like the last three years running right. now. And that's usually when Miles gets his tee, and which only fires up the Blue Jay faithful. Yeah. It makes it worse, but he has to get his point across. Um, yeah, we're rambling here. It's going to be fun on Saturday, Creighton, Nebraska. I'm sure the Central League will be packed. Um, we'll talk to you again after that all goes down and you know break down what we saw and what happened. Until then... Uh, Check out John's work at Omaha.com. And then if you've got any appetite for further, uh, come over to White Blue Review. Check out our post-game coverage as well um, from this 111-68 win over North Dakota. Um, until Saturday night, have a good week. See ya.